This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just when we thought Lori Daybell was done and no other charges would surface, they did. In a recent trial in Idaho, she's been found guilty on the six charges against her in the murders of her kids, Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow, and Chad's murdered wife, Tammy Daybell. We know she has charges for conspiracy to commit murder for her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, and she'll be facing those in a few months in Arizona, if not a little more. But it's now been announced that Lori will be facing charges in the attempted murder of her niece's ex-husband, Brandon Boudreaux. And for a woman who had a lot of chances in her past, she's no longer able to turn on her usual charm that she thinks she has to manipulate and get away with it. And that's great. So let's dive into what's going on and also talk about why the heck Lori's niece, Melanie, isn't being held accountable as well. So now, let's get into it. When the verdict for Lori was read recently at the end of her trial, her demeanor was worth $144,000. She was not happy. And before we get into the detail about her new charges regarding Brandon and the oddities around that, I have to happily point out a few things during the verdict. Even in those final moments where her fate lied in the decision of the jurors, Lori's still worried about her hair. Have a look. All right, please be seated. Madam Clerk, thank you for reading the verdict into the record. At this time, let me just inquire of the jury, is this in fact? And she gave the death stare of a lifetime during that as well. And finally, we saw at the end of the reading of the verdict, she folded her arms, had her little hissy fit. We have seen this in the past though, only it was back in the days when she was in Hawaii in court, when she first was arrested. Other times, she's just her smirky, happy, boppy, jovial self, without a care in the world, literally. Also notable, Lori tends to wear light colors and baby blue throughout the years we've seen her, but verdict day, she chose to wear black. And the other time was regarding the decision of her death penalty. I believe that this was intentionally done as a manipulation tactic, in my opinion, trying to get sympathy from the jury. What do you think? Once a manipulator, always a manipulator for Lori. Now, there were a lot of reactions before the verdict and after Larry Woodcock, JJ's grandpa, was handing out lifesavers in court, which I love that moment. And he was also singing before the verdict. He was in great spirits and he knew that justice was about to be served up hot for Lolo. And during the press conference, Larry was wearing a shirt that said World Greatest Grandpa, which is simply awesome. Also check out this post from Larry that he did on Facebook about Lolo. I think though, who really took the cake and summed up Lori in four short exact words was actually Charles' brother, Jerry. 
Just have a look at what he had to say. They got the bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. My brother Jerry. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Kate also talked in the press conference and she said that the day was poetic justice. So there are three more trials to go through. Charles Vallow, Brandon Boudreaux, and Chad Daybell. But Chad's won't be until 2024. And Lori is booked in Rexburg jail, complete with her newest little smirky mugshot and sporting her youthful braids. And according to a spokesperson with the Idaho Department of Corrections, it's going to take four to six weeks to figure out which prison Lori will be sent to. Judge Boy said in Idaho, there's a pre-sentencing report that has to be done first before her sentencing. And she has two places where she would go. South Boise Women's Correctional Center or Pocatello Women's Correctional Center. So we are looking at August before Lori even gets sentenced. And just a reminder, she isn't facing the death penalty as anymore, as most of you know, but some don't. That was taken off the table a while ago. So what's interesting, as soon as I saw Pocatello mentioned, I couldn't help but think of Lida Southard, the first female serial killer of Idaho, and that was back in the early 1900s. I did two videos about her, and her story is very eerily similar to Lori's, and I even did a comparison video right down to the way she looked. Her facial features are uncanny, and Lori was very much a believer in the uh, multiple probations, as she liked to call it, aka previous lives. Could she be the reincarnation of Lida? You gotta check out the videos and let me know what you think. I'll have them below. Now let's go back to the sentencing report. They have to have a list of 11 things in this report. Number one, it says a description of the criminal activity that Lori's been charged with, her prior criminal record, if any, her social history, including family relationships, her age, marital status, interest, and activities. Now, I don't know about you, but what other time did she have for other interests and activities when she's out there conspiring, manipulating, murdering? Actually, they could add on the interests of purchasing numerous burner phones and uh, Lori looking like a drug dealer, as Tylee put it. And let's not forget enduring the vomit producing reading of Chad's text and his disgusting loin fire from his storm, as he called it. So there's that. Now back to the report. Number four, educational background. Five, employment background. We know that Lori was a hairdresser once upon a time. It says six, her residence history, Lori moved a lot over the years, and seven, her financial status, eight, her health, nine, this one's interesting, her sense of values and outlook in life in general. Well, that's easy, should only take one minute to fill that out. All about her, her, her. 10, results of any substance abuse evaluation, mental health evaluation, domestic assault and battery evaluation, etc. and Finally, the pre-sentence investigator's analysis of the defendant's condition. Again, easy. Condition is selfish and perhaps a little bit psychopathic. And who are we kidding? Not a little, a lot, in my opinion. So Lori will head to Arizona to face conspiracy charges for the murder of Charles Vallow, her fourth husband. Now remember, that day that Charles died on July 11th, 2019, Lori gave her infamous smirk and her, hi neighbor, sorry, <laughs> voice. How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. That's why the neighbors don't know us. Gotcha. <laughs> like, hi neighbor, sorry. <laughs> 
She also just carried on that day like any other day, driving to JJ to school, but first stopping off at Burger King, she went and bought flip-flops for her and Tylee, and then came back and had a little chat with the authorities. She had about a 40-minute window, though, to sort through the BS that she would feed to the authorities. Later that day, though, neighbors were reporting that she had a pool party, and later on that night, Colby, her son, stopped in at the house to find out what's going on, and she told Colby that Charles died from a heart attack. Obviously, he learned the truth. Meanwhile, in the days and months leading up to Charles' death, he was deemed a zombie, and they needed to get rid of him already, and they did just that. I have a whole series I made on Charles Fallow. You can see that in the description box below or at the end of this video. And Lori, again, was a manipulator, telling Charles' sons that a day after he died that Charles was actually dead through text. And it really just doesn't end for Lori. It truly just goes on and on. And now the new news of Lori being indicted by a grand jury and facing conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree and also in Arizona for the attempted murder of Brandon Boudreau. That happened on October 2nd, 2019, three months after Charles was killed and just weeks after Tylee and JJ were murdered. And weeks before Tammy was murdered. The day of the attempt, Brandon left the house that morning that he just moved into and met Melanie to do the custody exchange. He went to the gym and then he went home. When he arrived, he was shot at while he was still in his car. The bullet entered through the window and missed his head by inches. And the shot came from the back of a Jeep with a back spare tire removed. Video footage from a storage unit that Lori rented back in Rexburg showed Chad and Lori placing the spare tire in the unit before the attempt and then Alex taking the tire back out a few days later. Notable, that's where Chad gave a little pat-pat on Lori's butt while he was still married to Tammy. And cell phone evidence places Alex at the scene at Brandon's house and driving a Jeep belonging to Charles, but that was actually driven by Tylee, but now Tylee was deceased at this point. The vehicle was also caught on camera driving in Arizona before returning to Rexburg. And gun residue was later found in the back of the vehicle. Now, Lori was actually indicted on this by a grand jury back in 2022, but it was sealed until her Idaho trial was finished. That's why we're learning about this now. In the indictment, it states Lori conspired with her brother Alex Cox to murder Brandon Boudreaux. And a while back, we heard that Chad Daybell wouldn't be charged for conspiracy in this case, which is odd to me. But they do have info that Alex and Chad's throwaway phones were communicating that morning and the night before of the attempt numerous times. Lori around that time also Googled terms like man shot in Gilbert, Arizona, man shot in Gilbert, Arizona, October 2nd, 2019. But I feel that something, or I should say someone, is missing in this whole equation. And that's Melanie Pulowski, who was once Melanie Boudreaux, Brandon's wife. I also call her Lori's mini-me. She's the one who would have motive to kill Brandon for insurance money, house closing money, etc. And she has some shady actions and words to say the least. Plus, let's just start by saying, you know who knew the address and the new address of Brandon? Melanie. And I wonder how Alex got the address and who from? Melanie. Now let's talk about Melanie because Melanie does the custody exchange in the morning that Brandon Boudreaux was shot. She was interviewed the day after the attempt by the Gilbert police. She denies knowing 
anything about the shooting and doesn't seem to remember the details of her own day just 24 hours before. In the interview, they talked about insurance and Melanie confirmed she was on Brandon's life insurance. She was supposed to get her own life insurance for herself with Brandon as the beneficiary according to their divorce mediation, but she had yet to do so. And just a reminder, they split back in June. Now check this out about what she said she did the day before Brandon was shot at. The report said, and some of it's redacted, but we'll just use the term the kids where it's redacted. It says, I asked Melanie to tell me about her day yesterday, October 2nd. Melanie told me Brandon dropped off the kids at her house in the morning. Melanie could not remember what she did after she took custody of the kids. Melanie told me sometimes they went to the park, sometimes the gym and other times the mall. Melanie could not remember for certain what they did yesterday. Melanie said she remembered ordering groceries online, then made dinner and went to bed. I asked if she communicated with anyone. Melanie told me she received multiple phone calls from Brandon, which was not normal. Brandon sent a message to Melanie explaining that he had a bad day and wanted to check on their children. Melanie did not reply until today at 6.52 hours and messaged that the children were okay and she hoped Brandon had a better day. Otherwise, Melanie could not remember if she talked with anyone else. I told Melanie that someone tried to shoot Brandon yesterday. Melanie did not have a change of expression and stayed quiet. Sound familiar? I asked if she knew anyone who would want to hurt or kill Brandon. Melanie told me Brandon had a lot of friends and spent time with people she did not know. Melanie then told me Brandon also had a history of doing business with her uncle Charles Vallow. Melanie told me about an open investigation by Chandler police that involved Charles and her aunt, Lori. Melanie said Charles went to Lori's house and was threatening to hit her uncle Alex Cox with a baseball bat. Charles then tried to hit Melanie's younger cousin with the bat. As a result, Alex pulled out a gun, then shot and killed Charles. Melanie said the homicide was justified as self-defense. Now note, that same day, she wouldn't even give the authorities information regarding Alex or Lori. The report said, Melanie said she would not give that type of information because she was told that people could track phones and use listening devices to gather information. Melanie said Lori had to do her own thing while she, Melanie, figured out her divorce with Brandon. At the conclusion of the interview, Melanie asked if Brandon was okay. I told her that he was alive. Melanie did not have further information for me and we ended the interview. Now when a Gilbert police detective called her the day of the shooting, she didn't even ask what this was in reference to. And as I was searching, it's interesting to me about the details of Melanie and it's very convenient that before the attempt made on Brandon, Melanie just happened to stop the divorce proceedings. Also, I found out that Melanie and Brandon closed on their marital home on October 1st. Attempt worked she gets all of it. Coincidence? I think not. Let me know what you think below. Also, Brandon found out that two days before this attempt, Melanie stopped the divorce proceedings and it had to do something about if a divorce proceeding was still pending that she wouldn't be able to collect on life insurance. So I'm curious about that. Bottom line though, two days before she stops the divorce proceedings, one day before the house closes and then the shooting and miraculously has no idea what she did that day. 
wonder what that could possibly mean by all of it. Let me know below. I remember hearing also that Melanie had some sort of training with the military or something like that. If you know that information and can lead me to a credible source, I'd really appreciate it. Let's connect some dots. And if you want to see more on Melanie, I have a playlist and I also have a video talking about Melanie versus Melanie Gibb and also a whole bunch on Melanie Boudreau, aka Pulowski. I'll have that below and at the end of this video. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video. My final message to Lori. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Turn out the lights. <laughs> the party's over. They say that all good things must end. Laurie, it ended. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.